Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey and joining me on this rainy September afternoon, I've got the owner and operator of Powell Street Recordings, uh, Mr. Shane Hochstetler. Um, I'm excited to talk to him about his artistry, his passions, and why he does what he does. Thank you so much for joining me, Shane. Oh, thanks for having me, man. How are you doing today? Pretty, you know, I mean, as well as one can during these times. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, one yeah. foot in front of the other. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think that's a great way to kind of articulate the rhythm of this year is like day by day, you know, like mm -hmm. we everything that possibly could go wrong seems to have gone wrong this year kind of thing. And, and more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I'm excited to still have these, uh, these conversations and uh, continue interacting with uh, people doing cool stuff. So oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's kind of all we can do, you know, like just keep pushing forward, uh, you know, try and stay as positive as possible. And uh, yeah, just, if you let, if you let, I feel like if you let all of this, uh, all of the horrible things totally consume you, then you won't be any good to try and make things better. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, all the music that has been coming out from Milwaukee this year has been uh, keeping me sane, uh, keeping busy. And uh, Alan and I are, you know, we've had so much stuff to cover, and that has been the silver lining. Is that um, you know, people have been, uh, you know, putting their feelings into music and we love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it has also helped keep me sane. Uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what we talked about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talked love and fear, passion and creativity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so it's just wild to like that. This is the first time we've ever met because I've, um, you know, so I've, I write, I freelance for Breaking and Entering, and uh, in the last year and a half, you know, I'd cover a lot of bands, a lot of shows. I like to ask artists about, like, you know, their latest records or the records that they're working on, and, you know, they would always mention Shane at Powell Street, and uh, I have just heard many great things about uh, your facility and working with you specifically, that you make it a very uh, welcoming and inclusive space and um for that reason um you know I, I i love to talk to people from you know behind the scenes you know oh. and because i mean their recognition is definitely important so um so, yeah yeah so that being said shane um i guess to start here uh so are you from milwaukee uh i was born in waukesha uh and then when i was like 12 11 or 12 uh we we my family moved up to rhinelander uh and then i moved back down like my mom's side of the family's down here my dad's was up there um and then i moved back down like in 94 when i was 17 stayed my senior year at high school down here um and then yeah i was you know lived in like was that was a waukesha kid and then moved to milwaukee and yeah, just kind of rooted down in Milwaukee because I was always touring a ton. And so I always felt like it was probably the, I mean, obviously, you know, friends and family and the music scene here is pretty amazing, but uh, it was also a great spot to be uh, as a, as someone in a band who toured a lot because you could get to either coast fairly easy, so. Yeah, yeah I hear that. Um, man, Rhinelander, that's way up there never going back <laughs> i don't know man I, I like i can't uh i don't know I, I like like milwaukee is definitely like the smallest city i ever want to live in like i like even like driving up to like madison for shows or whatever like just like kind of just going through passing through those small towns uh i don't know it's like gave me some like weird ptsd stuff or something i, I can't well can't do small towns but. yeah I couldn't either. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So it always kind of felt like I grew up like at least with the accessibility of a city. Mm -hmm. um, 
but you know i i always see myself yeah like just settled in a city because that's where the opportunities and the diversity and you know just something different like yeah yeah I, I mean even when i was a kid and we lived like down well we were actually like we lived in like big ben you know so we were always like out in the country so uh yeah i don't know uh it just there's just more uh musicians and more artists just to, just you know i mean there's i'm sure there's plenty of cool stuff going on in the small towns but uh yeah. i i yeah just not for me yeah same i mean those are usually my weekend trips, like <laughs> at the small towns and see what's going on, but I always come back here. Yeah. Um, yeah. When did you, uh, when you were a kid or when you were younger, uh, when did you start playing music? Uh, I started playing drums when I was six. And uh, so it's kind of like really been the, like kind of only thing I've like done like my whole life, you know, um, for as long as I can remember. But uh Yes, yeah, I started playing drums when I was six, um, and then uh, when I was like twelve, um, I played in my my grandma's brother. So whatever that makes him, great uncle, I don't great know, uncle, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played in in his like like uh, classic country wedding slash bar cover band when I was twelve. So I was playing like you know like old old country stuff and like bluegrass stuff and uh some like you know the ventures and you know so i was like 12 playing in bars and <laughs> like northern wisconsin um i guess that that makes you a pretty cool kid i mean it was you know i mean i also worked on a farm as a kid and i have to say like you know i made a few extra bucks more playing drums in the bars uh as, as a child <laughs> than i did shoveling shit but um <laughs> yeah. but i also shoveled shit so uh yeah so and, and then when i like got into high school uh you know started the uh, a band with some friends and we just you know played like metallica and stuff like that but it was like my first like you know the, I, it was like my first band where i was playing like well i i like i also enjoyed the music i played with my uncle so because i kind of was raised on like my dad listened to like, you know, classic country and my mom listened to like classic rock. So I kind of had that mixture in the house. And then, uh, you know, my early teens uh, found, you know, metal and punk rock and all that stuff. And then, uh, and then when I moved down here, uh, ended up meeting folks in, you know, uh, I remember my friend Billy, gave me a stack of records i think it was seven i was 17 or 18 it's like 94 95 and um yeah like in that stack of records was like shellac at action park and a bunch of fugazi records and the promise ring um bunch of discord bunch of touch and go stuff and he was just like check these out and i went home and blew my mind and then uh and then went to started going to shows uh and kind of got you know uh just like you know like it was just going to shows every day you know like every any show that i could go to would just go to every show so like uh and yeah that's kind of just been i don't know like the rest is up, up to now i guess so uh but yeah just playing in bands started touring uh you know there, there was like you know the promise ring and bands like compound red um who were you know from milwaukee and madison uh you know they were they were touring already um so we all kind of looked up to those guys like you know you know hey if, if they could do it maybe maybe we can too uh, so but my old band Monagra, that was the first band that I ever like toured with um still to this day can't believe it uh, but uh it, we were braid asked asked us to go out for out with them for a month Hmm. And I mean, we were children in that band. Like there was six of us, uh, ages 16 to 21. And we'd already done two tours at that point, but yeah. Anyway, uh, we broke up like two weeks before we were supposed to leave for, for a month with Braden, man, that would have been awesome. Anyway. Been awesome. Yeah. But, so yeah, uh, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. Started as a kid. It's just been kind of going, um, 
I, I don't know what else I would, I don't have uh, any other real like hobbies or other, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I like to like cook and bake, but you know, you have to eat. So I would do that anyway. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been just kind of music, 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 music oh, yeah. every day of my life. So. I imagine you've spent a lot of money on records. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I mean, what music nerd musician hasn't, you know? I mean. Yeah, I know that I've spent so much money on merch and records and shows. Mm -hmm. Like it's, yeah, kind of like you said, it's, you know, like, although it kind of is a hobby for me because like, I don't play music myself. I mean, it just is such a visceral connection for me that like, you know, it's, it's like, I do it for myself, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's not something that like, you know, I'd be, I'd be feel like I'm missing something if I didn't spend that much time on music and shows and stuff, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, like long before I was playing in a band, I mean, I was still playing drums, but like, uh, I think I, I remember, you know, being in like third grade and saving up my little, uh, my little uh, allowance uh, so I could go buy the Weird Al Yankovic records, you know, and uh, like just go home and like listen to records is, you know, if whatever records were already in the house or uh, I would just talk to friends and, you know, um, I got really lucky in the sense that like, like I had a couple cousins who were older than me. So they were like already in the like Iron Maiden and uh, early Metallica and stuff. So I was kind of like around it a little bit. Um, and then I, I remember a friend's older brother gave him a DRI record and a nuclear assault handled with care when I was in sixth grade. And I remember my friend just giving me those records. He was like, dude, you got to check this out. And I went home and threw them on. It was just like, yeah, at age 12 listening to, nuclear assault and it was just <laughs> fucking amazing uh and so you know yeah i mean before being in bands all i ever wanted to do was be in bands and play and uh you know get that i mean it sounds cheesy but you know try and get that feeling that your favorite music gives you you yeah. know uh and, and and if you know trying to chase that chase that kind of connection uh in your own music so yeah yeah I, I i hear that for sure um <clears throat> yeah so um back then um what did the scene in milwaukee like i guess back then, i know obviously like there's a lot of different venues now a lot of different uh ways people share music these days um like uh what was sort of like, um, what kind of dominated the scene back then in terms of like shows, like was it a lot of basement shows or were there like, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, there was, uh, I would say like 95% of the time it was basement shows or, you know, rent out VFWs or Masonic temples or, you know, stuff like that or shit, sometimes just go to a park, you know, and, you know, hope the show could happen before it was shut down uh yeah. uh yeah tons of house shows um and whatever venue i mean just anywhere you could put bands uh there were a couple clubs like there was one uh the globe east in milwaukee which later on became hotel foster um i think it's been shut down for a while but that was kind of like one of if not maybe the only like club where you know, like little shits like my band could go, you know, and, and like Mark Solheim, he was the booker there and he would let us, you know, he would give us the club to do, to do shows. So, um, and also like it didn't cost a gazillion dollars to, to you know, to, uh, to put on um, or, you, and if it did, Mark was sweet enough to not charge us a, you know, ton. But I mean, we got to the point where, I mean, you could go and there would be like, 200 kids at that show uh and basement shows that were just you know 
probably like basement shows now where there's sometimes there's 10 people and sometimes there's like way too many people that the adult in me now goes, Oh my God, like where are the fire exits, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I, yeah, we did, we played and went to so many house shows because that's just where the DIY punk scene, that that's just where it was, you know, um, for, you know, I, I don't remember, I remember th there were plenty of flyers that would say like, you know, they wouldn't even give the address of the house. It would just be like, ask a punk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you just hopefully ran into some, you know, punk rock kid that, you know, maybe it looked like he might know where the show is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, how, how times have changed now. Yeah. Yeah. You but I mean, I feel like, I feel like that scene still kind of exists. Uh, I don't know. Like every now and again, I, every now and again, I get uh, bands in the studio who are, you know, 18, 20 years old. And, and I ask them where they play and they're, they're still house shows, you know? So, um, I mean, I know that there are, but I, I'm 43. So like, I, you know, I, I, and I don't get a chance to hang out much, you know? So uh, back then when you were 17, it's just like, that's all you did, you know? was go to every single single show so so you knew where all of the shows were happening um yeah totally um yeah i know there i mean there are still um there's an influx of house venues like i feel like they've kind of made a bit of a comeback over like the last couple of years um mm -hmm. which is always good to see but um yeah so uh how would it eventually um how would uh House Street recordings eventually manifest. Uh, well, I was—I mean, I've always been interested in recording, um, and I was always the the kid in the band that was like, you know, over the engineer's shoulder while my bands were recording, just you know, like, you know, what you doing, you know, and uh, um, probably annoyed half of the guys that my bands recorded with. <laughs> they were sweet enough to, to tell me about stuff, but uh, like I was gonna go, I was, like when I graduated high school, I was seriously thinking to just like go to some recording school or something like that um, in 95. Um, but my band at the time, Monagra started touring and I just kind of got bit by the touring bug. So I was just constantly uh, with whatever band I was in, we were always just trying to play and tour as much as possible. And then, uh, I don't know, fast forward into like early 2000s, like maybe 2003, 2004. Um, my band at the time, Call Me Lightning, we weren't touring. I mean, we were touring a bunch, but we, it, like I, I kind of got to a point where I was like, I just, you know, I can't keep putting this off. I want to, you know, get some stuff. So I had a, a, a four track cassette recorder and bought for, uh, you know, shitty mics and what just started recording my band's demos. And, um, before I knew what I was recording, my other, my other friends, their bands would come in to record some demos. And then before I knew what I was getting, my friends' bands wanted to release whatever we were recording. And then, then I had bands that I didn't even know contact me because word spread. And so I was just like, uh, I don't know, it just kind of naturally, you know, I mean, it was something that I wanted to do for sure. Um, but it was, it, it wasn't like I just bought everything one day and was just like open the doors and then bands show up. Like it's been like a 15 year, about 15 years or so, maybe 16 years since I bought my first four track recorder. Um, and so, you know, I think it's kind of like anything. If you just do a thing, every single day and be super obsessive about it <laughs> and have little to no social life and don't want to don't give a shit about driving a fancy car or owning a house you know what i'm saying like it just kind of just threw my entire life into it so um uh yeah that it just kind of you know like it went from my house or went from my like practice space into a house out of a house into my first space then into another space and then into the space that I'm in now. So it's kind of like been a, a gradual, uh, progression, I guess. So, yeah, sure. 
Um, how did Howell Street become the name? Uh, I mean, I, I needed a name, I guess. And uh, I'm not really good with names. Like, I've been fortunate enough to be in bands with people who I thought were way better with names than I was. <laughs> but uh, like Howell Street Recordings was like uh, my first, this first space that I uh, moved into out of my house was on Howell Avenue, H-O-W-E-L-L, uh, in Bayview. Uh, and it was just like, I don't know, I just kind of picked like my dad's initials. And then I was like, okay, Howell, but not like the street is spelt. And then, and I've never really liked the, I don't know, it, it's fine. Like, I've, for some reason, like studio always feels weird to me. I've always liked recordings better. So I just, I don't know, like, just a nerd thing of mine but uh so I, I know Howell Street recordings I was on Howell it was a street I record that was my dad's initials and I don't know I, I didn't really put a ton of thought into it you know it, it was just like I just, I just need a name that I'm not going to hate for the rest of my life and then uh just kind of stuck so yeah yeah well, I, I get that too um it took me like forever to decide what would be a good podcast name Sometimes I ended up picking something that I didn't even come up with, you know, like Mr. Nice Guy. Is I think that's a cool name. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I did connect with it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just the whole idea of like, you know, being someone that anyone can talk to and feel comfortable with, like mm -hmm. talking about themselves. Um, so, um, yeah, so. Where is uh, the current space that uh, you're located? Uh, I'm in West Dallas, uh, like on like 76th Street, like right off 70, like National and 76. So um, I basically moved from Bayview to West Dallas. And uh, the space that I'm in now is kind of, is it was actually where I wanted to be uh, instead of the second space that I had to move into. But um, the space I'm in now was the building was built in the sixties and converted to the studio that you see now in the sometime in the eighties. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was like a jingle house. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, I think they just did like commercial jingles and stuff. So, but, uh, but the building's great. It's its own standalone unit. Um, it's 2,200 square feet and, uh, yeah, I can do, for the most part, uh, anything I want to do here, as far as uh, like, like, I mean, anything, anything that a band throws at me, I can, for the most part, handle, um, you know, obviously if it's something where the band wants to play, I mean, I record bands live, like all of them playing together most of the time, um, unless they want to do something one at a time. But, uh, I mean, if it's something where like, you know, I know like a, a, a 15 piece swing band wants to come in while, it's not that big, you know, so that's where we have to go somewhere else. But for the most part, 98% of the things that are thrown at me every day, I can handle here. So. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, once you started recording other bands and like started really like taking this seriously, like, did you feel like um, it changed at all? Like the way you like perceived and uh, like appreciated music? Cause I know some people are like, Oh, well, once I like start, uh like once music becomes my whole life like it when it becomes like my career you know it kind of changes the way i perceive it like was that ever something for you uh i mean like the downside of this is that i'm here all the time so i miss all i miss all the shows i used to go to that's definitely like the you know or like you know if like I'm trying to take one, sometimes two days off a week just to have a normal life. Um, but there's definitely times where a session goes, you know, a band comes in and books two solid weeks. And so you're just work, you know, 10 hour days for two weeks straight, stuff like that, sometimes more. Um, I, I will say like, I mean, I, like when I was in a band touring all the time, I was playing shows, but then there were also other shows I would have loved to go to, but I was, either you know playing or had practice or something so missed them but with the studio uh i never get out much anymore unless i'm playing a show and also 
you know, if I have a day off a week, um, usually the last thing I want to do is go to a show and have music, you know, a thousand times louder, uh, you know, in my face. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know if it, yeah, I know. I've, I've always been such a like music nerd, like dissecting everything I can, uh, you know, with headphones as a child, you know? So, um, I don't know if it like, I'm trying to think of it like changed me or something. Um, I mean, I've, I've been able, uh, I have m been exposed to a lot of incredible musicians and bands because of the studio that I would have never gotten to meet or see otherwise. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, that, so like definitely for the better, uh, yeah. but like nothing's changed me like in a, you know, <laughs> Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Like nothing negative. No, no. It's no all yeah, been, yeah. Yeah. It's all been, uh, I mean, life changing in like the best way, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. Cause like, I know some people that like when they just work with music so much, like making it or, or recording it or engineering it, like they dissect, they start dissecting it and analyzing it so much more technically than they used to. But it sounds like you've always kind of done that. Like, oh Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've always been like, uh, yeah, just just kind of a little sonic nerd, you know. Um, yeah, which is a great way to be. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I've definitely met folks who, you know, uh, who like whatever they were doing in music, like it burnt them out, um, and I've I've. I've definitely, uh, there, there's, there was definitely a period of, uh, there was definitely a period like early on, like, you know, I mean, you know, I think it's just being young and also just, you know, w when you're, when you're just kind of starting to do whatever you're wanting to do and you don't really, you know, have too many guidelines of like how you do this, you know, um, where, I mean, it's like anything, like, it, I mean, balance is key. So, if you if you do it too much uh eventually other areas of your life will start to fall apart you know so i yeah. think for me that was just that was definitely a hard lesson but i think it's like almost every freelance person i know has gone through that or still goes through that where you know no matter what it is what you start working for yourself you wake up and the thing you do is just on your mind constantly you go you know in, until you go to sleep so uh I think like being able to take a day off, take a, or, or two days off or whatever, you know, or just make time for yourself to do other things, whether it's just your laundry, you know, yeah. grocery shop, you know, cook, uh, clean the house, you know, um, yeah. just kind of recharge your batteries. That's the thing that I think uh, I had to learn was how to kind of take time and smell the flowers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I try to, I've had to learn that too because like I'm a very like uh, curious person you know like I'm interested in a lot of different things and um yeah like last year when I was was the first year like I was doing the show um like you said it was all that was on my mind like all the time like if I wasn't at work I was doing the show um and uh, um, I eventually just was fitting so many episodes in that I was just, it was becoming so stressful, you know, like where I just felt like I constantly had to like, you know, outdo myself. Um, and this year was sort of a year where I had to like teach myself the balance of, you know, pour, like pour my heart into this, but also make time for other things I enjoy because for so long I, you know, I didn't have time to just like, you know, watch movies or listen to full albums or, um, you know, like go on uh, day trips with my girlfriend or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. and uh, the quarantine's been nice for that because now, like, because I've been unemployed, like, I've like sort of rediscovered the balance. And for that reason, you know, I think I'm going to start taking like periodic breaks of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, 
I don't want to do it so much that I hate it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, like I said, I, I think like, like with anything, no matter what it is in life, like balance is key, you know, um, you, if you can overdo anything that you love and then before you know it, you, it just becomes a, like a burden. So, um, and I think it's important to, to take that time away so you can come back to it, you know, refreshed and fully charged and, 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 uh, and excited about it still. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I remember definitely like getting to the point where I booked myself so much where it was just like, fuck, I, when can I go to get a haircut? You know, like I can't, yeah. and then, and, and the work didn't suffer. And I, it's not like I was like, you know, unhappy, you know, but I was like, uh, you know, just frustrated with myself and it's just poor time management, you know? So, um, which is something that in the studio, I'm amazing at outside of the studio. I struggle <laughs> with constantly. Um, so yeah, that, that, and I don't know why. I mean, my, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm always, you know, five, 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes late, never for work, but for anything else, uh, can't seem to, you know, but yeah, but I'm, but I'm here early, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so I know, uh, so you still play in bands, right? Uh, I mean, I do ish. Uh, I, I, like I, uh, I will tour with my friends out of Detroit They're in a band called child bite. And, um, and I'll do, I mean, the last few years I would tour with them. Oh, yeah. Uh, if like, you know, if like not every time, but it's like, if, if they had something coming up that was, that I could, that I had uh, availability for. You played uh, uh, Child Bite played X-Ray earlier this year, right? Mm-hmm. That was our first show of the tour. March that, 6th. Yeah, yep, March 6th. I was yeah, at we, that show. Oh, yeah. really? Oh. I was. I, yeah. You should have said hello. <laughs> I should have, yeah, I should have. I think I had to leave early, sadly, but yeah, I remember it was Child Bite, Soup Mount, and Convert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a fun show. Uh, and show. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. That was the first show of a four and a half week tour that we only got seven shows in and then tr- had the, you know, cause everything the world started to go to shit. So, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have a band of my own anymore because the studio is just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, fortunate enough to be busy with the studio enough that uh i just don't have time for a band like i'd be kind of an anchor for a band you know um i still write my own stuff when i get a chance to um but it kind of takes a back seat a lot of times to the studio um but you know i still do enjoy touring i still love playing my drums and so with child bite it's great because they i mean those guys have been at that band for like 15 years and they do a ton of stuff um and they kind of got to a point where I think they were touring like 200 shows a year or something, maybe more. Um, and then they kind of got to a point where they're like, okay, let's just do the, the shit that we really, really want to do. So, um, and at that time their drummer had left. Uh, and um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd, they called me and asked if I would do some stuff. And so, um, yeah, it's actually a great, I mean, the guys are great and I really like the music and uh Anytime they go out, let me, they're, they're, you know, they're fucking pros. Like they, they know how to do it. And so it's not like, you know, it's not amateur hour when you're out there with them. And so um, it's kind of like, I just get to step into the role, be on tour, play, play my drums, see my buds and then come home and then do the studio, you know? So I think that I'm probably, I mean, never say never, but I, I, I don't, I can't see how I could be in a full-time band that, you know, could tour like six months a year. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. I used to tour, you know, three-ish, four-ish months a year for many years, uh, maybe more sometimes, but uh, yeah, there's just, I don't know. I, I think also too, like, I don't know, like I still, I still enjoy doing it, but I also don't have the drive to like want to be on the road for, um, you know, three months straight or something like that. So, 
Yeah, I, I hear that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, you know, you you just you're in a different place in your life, and you know, the this the Howell Street is your domain, and you know, it's bread and butter. <laughs> so, well, yeah, it also, you know, like, you know, it the studio doesn't care if I'm not here or if I'm here or not, like, does, you know, the, the place costs me money. So it's like, you know, right. uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's definitely that, uh, that was definitely, uh, I mean, it's, it's been a while. So, but I, I do remember that kind of being like, uh, you know, some, some new territory to have to deal with when I kind of went from doing it out of my house to, still working a day job, but having a space that I had to pay for. And then eventually making the transition from the studio being the job uh, and, the, and having the overhead to, to, to take care of. So uh, yeah. like that was, that was definitely like, you know, uh, probably put a little strain on, on my band at the time, no doubt. Um, just because it was like, you know, okay, normally I wouldn't even think about it. We would just go tour. Like, didn't care if the sh you know didn't even think about who cares if the shows are going to be shit you just you had to go take the chance right and then at, at a point it was kind of like uh okay do we take a chance on a on a punk rock tour that you know for for however many days um or do i stay home and you know make sure that i can keep the lights on in the studio you know yeah 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 that was definitely that 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 was new but then eventually i think the the band had just kind of started slowing down naturally. So it wasn't, you know. I feel like that's definitely something you, uh, it definitely humbles you like, you know, in your twenties, you know, like what, what, uh, what, like to, what to spend your money on versus like what you have to make money on. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I've, I've been learning that a lot about that in the last year. So, yeah. yeah. I hear you. Um, is it just you at the studio that works there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've never really I don't know I've had there's been a, a, a few folks over the years that you know uh, had uh, approached me about like wanting to uh, kind of go into something together or I, I don't know I just I, I'm 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 also too I'm too busy to like I don't know anyone else would just get in my way as far as like having to juggle schedules you know um and also i don't know i just it's kind of like it's, it's my baby so i don't you know like there are like f five people that i would trust to be here with when i'm not here other than that you know it, it's it's just yeah i'm i'm like there's definitely been times throughout the years where i've i could see the advantage to having a couple other folks you know pool all the gear together and share the the uh the overhead but i don't know i i think at the end of the day i I'd, I'd rather just deal with it all myself and yeah. not have to worry about all the other you know uh oh it, the other person now doesn't want to do it anymore and so then it's you know you've all put yourself in a situation where like now it's really hard for like whoever's left so i don't know yeah, I, fi I, fi I figure if it all if if it all if the if the ship goes down, I'm the only one to blame. <laughs> so yeah, totally. I get that too, for sure. Well, Shane, um, I've I've had a a wonderful time uh, getting to know you and hearing about your work. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, I look forward to you know continuing to uh, hear um records that were uh. Uh, created in your in your studio uh, and I actually just um did you you did uh, the new fuzzy surf or wait did you do what was that fuzzy surf? I mixed yeah I, I mixed the fuzzy yeah. surf record it just yeah came out. it just came out today and it's yeah. so good oh it's those guys are uh, uh I think I just heard the name like uh, I, you know uh but Sean contacted me uh out of the blue and was just at, they they were just looking to get their record mixed and so uh i mixed one song and they really liked it and so he sent me the rest and i mixed it uh I, that was actually like the last project i did right before it was to leave on that tour so i did i did, I did that back in february um and uh yeah i was just like it, 
like where the hell did these guys come from you know like the, the songs are incredible uh and then it turns out that I actually uh met uh i know the keyboard player Corey. Uh, i recorded his uh, one of his other bands uh the lovely socialites like three years ago or something like that so yeah I, when he had come to the studio i was like i know you <laughs> and, yeah uh, yeah but uh yeah, they, they recorded it in Chicago. I think that they did like the drum tracks in Chicago. And then uh, they did the rest kind of all on their own at home. Like, I think they all have like home studios and stuff. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think that, again, I, Milwaukee is, has like, so like some of the best bands and artists in this city. Um, it's kind of, an, it's kind of crazy. Like th there's just so many good bands around here and there, there always has been. Um, Every now and again, I hear like somebody talk about how like they think the Milwaukee music scene isn't that good, or they don't. You know, I'm just like then you're not, you know, you, you're not reaching out to all the other bubbles. You know, like there's just there's so much good stuff in the city. Um, yeah, you can't just base it off of like you know a couple. You can't just base it off a couple shows or a couple bills or a couple artists. Like there's just it's so. Um, you know deep it, it's it's a very uh, deep rabbit hole to dig the how much, oh, how yeah. much Milwaukee music there is and I get so excited for all of it because you know there's you know we have world-renowned jazz artists that play at the mm -hmm. jazz estate we have you know some really spectacular noise artists that do the jazz mm -hmm. gallery we've got Cactus Club of course you know mm -hmm. Um, I was so I was so excited to see Kelsey uh, got that. that. Yeah, I love her. She's awesome. I've known her I forever, and uh, and you know, like I can't, I don't know, I I can't think of anyone better to kind of keep that place, a keep it going, and also just make it even better. So. Yeah, I'm. I can't wait for the pandemic to be over and Cactus Club is like fully. Yeah functioning again because oh yeah it's the best venue in the city if you ask me oh um, easily it, it, yeah. it has been it's been my favorite place to it's it's been honestly i mean there's a bunch of cool places around here for sure but like i don't know i mean i, th I th think the first time i ever played cactus was like in 2000 or 99 or 2000 uh like you know when the stage was in the other corner and it was low to the ground and you know uh yeah like that that i just i've played some of the most memorable shows there and spent so many saw so many amazing shows there like i just i don't know and alex the the uh, alex is like i think he's one of the best sound guys in the city uh yes, the dude is yeah. just he's incredible um and he he's got that room dialed in so like perfectly so uh yeah i mean i don't know it's just like it's it's the great it's a perfect size room it's like my favorite size like I, I i know anything bigger gets a little like I don't know, it just doesn't feel as intimate but it's yeah. you can still pack pack the house in that place uh yeah i mean then and when when kelsey when i heard kelsey was gonna buy it and then when she did get it i was super stoked and then of course like right you know, as it happened the, like, the literally right it, yeah yeah i was i was lucky enough to host a show there um for uh like a day long thing um like the weekend before and just to have that opportunity to like be on that stage for the first time it was my first time actually standing up there and it was like oh, okay. such a cool thing um yeah yeah it's it's incredible and I, and I hope i i i just you know i'm hoping that uh on the other side of this pandemic uh whenever things whenever people can you know be in a club again I really hope that, uh, and I mean, maybe people aren't, I don't know, but like, I, I just, I hope people don't take that for granted, you know, like, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, there's been plenty of shows and I'm sure you've been to plenty of shows as well, where you're just like, every band is fucking amazing. And there's 10 people here yeah. and then people, and then people complain about like, you know, Oh, there's whatever the, the, the random complaints about like, you know, why they don't go to shows or what, you know, it's just like, there's incredible bands playing. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that people, uh, I, I'm sure there will be like a giant wave of, of folks wanting to like get out of their house and go, go to shows. And I'm hoping that it, that stays, you know, 
pumps a bunch of excitement into that and keeps it going. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think that most, in, in the case of anything, you know, that is a social outlet that also functions as a passion, you know, people won't take it for granted. Like the music scene's one of the finest examples. Like, like you said, uh, I went to Cactus Club shows on Monday nights where there's, yeah, like five people standing in that room or I've been to shows at Bremen that are some of the best shows I've ever seen, but, mm -hmm. you know, just uh, playing to a handful of people. And, you know, I, I don't, that's the thing. It's like, even if I'm like one of, if you can count on one hand, the amount of people that are there, if I'm one of them, I'm going to be loud. I'm going to be supportive mm -hmm. and I'm going to make sure they feel like, you know, what they did was important because it is so mm -hmm. yeah man i'm i'm excited I, I i think that uh you know the pandemic's definitely going to spill into next year to some to some extent probably but you know i'm just really really hoping that people keep social distancing wearing a mask and just stop being selfish because <laughs> i really yeah, miss man. shows i miss shows. yeah i you know yeah not not, not i mean that not definitely not to get I, I'm doing my best to not be gloom and doom about it all because it's so easy right now to you know um but yeah I I don't know I mean I I, I have no idea what it's going to look like and like how long this is going to last I mean I've, there's I mean I've heard stuff like it's kind of this is to some degree just going to be what life will be like for a long time uh especially because there's like 30% of people are like anti-vaxxers and so you know what I'm saying like that's it's not going to go away and so or like 100% and if it does it might take a long time so yeah I don't know I'm trying to just like again <laughs> like one foot in front of the other just try and stay as positive as possible and like you know be informed but also like not chew on the news constantly and uh because yeah it's it's enough I mean the madness of the world is enough to drive anybody nuts you know yeah so Goes full yeah. circle one foot in front of the other full yeah circle. yep full circle so but yeah, yeah. Well, uh yeah man it's great talking to you good good meeting you uh yeah likewise man would have been you know when we first talked about doing this i was i was gonna you know this is you know before it all went down this in the before times when we had talked about doing this uh I was I was gonna bake you a loaf of uh, some cherry chocolate bread and and uh, sit down and while we shoot the shit break some bread, but Man, that, that would have been well, well. That's very thoughtful. That is very we'll to, thoughtful. We'll have to do it uh, when it's safe to share food together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd still love to have some cherry chocolate bread and uh, keep talking about wonky music. I, I'm yeah, man. For that, so, so as we close out, um, Shane, what keeps you up at night? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess I could give you two answers. Uh, answer one, like in the before times, uh, what kept me up at night, uh, what, what, what would keep me up at night, uh, was many things. Uh, one, usually how I could get better at what I'm doing in the studio, life in general. Um, and now <laughs> it's like, what doesn't keep you up at night, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, that's a pretty hard question right now. Uh, I think only cause I, I don't, I don't know if I can give you like one answer, you know, uh, like I said, before this pandemic stuff happened and the world was, you know, where we're at, like, yeah, I don't know. I would, uh, I, I would be, I don't know, down the YouTube rabbit hole with, recording videos and you know like being a nerd uh which i still do but yeah now i now it's just like uh it's more about uh the stress of the of, of the world right now i think that that keeps me up yeah uh but you know uh uh yeah just i don't know i wish i had a happier thing to say no that's that's the point of the question is to be real for a moment about like man what's what can i not shake but the flip side is that which is the second question is what puts you to sleep 
Oh, Benadryl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what puts me to sleep? I, you know, like, yeah, I guess the flip side of the question would be the flip side of the answer, or the flip side answer to that question would be, you know, uh, honestly, like, still all of the amazing, beautiful things that we have, you know, um, still alive, you know, um, still have love, you know, uh, friends and family and just like, love of music love of life that stuff you know i mean it sounds cheesy but uh it's true i mean i think like for me it, it it's it's very easy for things to get pretty bleak in my brain and so you know it's always a bit of a battle to not let that win uh and the thing that 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 helps me keep that from from getting too far ahead is uh yeah just kind of like taking a second breathe look around and be fucking grateful for everything that I have and and you know even if it all goes away it's still have friends and family still you know what i'm saying like there's still uh still have love so you know um uh and and, and uh, you can't let that go so oh yeah man. that's i that's the uh, yeah i uh I'm the same way, you know, like there's a lot of things that get me down throughout the days, but, you know, reflecting on what I was able to accomplish that day, you know, what I will accomplish tomorrow and that, yeah, like you got loved ones, you got purpose, we got, you know, you got, we still got good people mm -hmm. um, always mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. in the world in our circles and our communities that are fighting a good fight and also mm -hmm helping us make sense of this really chaotic and absurd world. So yeah, <laughs> thank you sure. so much. Thank you, Shane. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for wanting me to be on the show. So of course, man. Well, uh, for everyone watching, uh, we'll uh, be posting a link to Howell Street recordings and uh, check out Shane's uh, setup and uh, work he's done, the work he, keep, he keeps doing. So um, well, thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy, everybody. We'll Thanks see you guys. next time. Take care.